next episode of Heretic Radio. I'm your host, Jesse James. Uh, CJ couldn't join us tonight. We uh, struggled to get him going there, and there's just a technical difficulty. The headset wasn't working like it should have, so um, hopefully we're going to get him squared away, uh, You know, get him a decent headset there, and that way we can always have him on. And Chris is always uh, fun to have on. He's got a lot of insight, and he's hilarious, and um, that's kind of why I had him as my co-host here. But uh, tonight... Joined by uh, another special guest, a uh, similar special guest, same special guest, really. And I'll let him go ahead and introduce himself. Well, my name is Mac. Um, you know, I've been working a lot in uh, the fields of social arenas. Um, you know, I spoke before about addiction. Uh, I have a bachelor's in science, uh, in psychology, sociology, and human services. Uh, currently working on my master's in social work. And uh, I'm very excited about the topic tonight. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I get to throw some opinion out. So yeah, it'll be nice. Yeah, absolutely. This, uh, yeah, just a warning for everybody listening. This is more opinion based tonight. I mean, granted, we're going to throw some facts and stuff at you, but uh, I don't know about you, Mac, but I'm honestly kind of pissed about a lot of the stuff that's going on recently, and it brings me to the whole purpose of this episode tonight and it's mass hysteria right uh it, it, the terminology apparently has changed from the research that i've done and matt correct me if i'm wrong in any of my stuff here uh but the hysteria they've changed it now to mpi a mass psychogenic illness and there's a little i guess tweaks here and there within it but um we're gonna go over you know different times in history where it's been kind of notable and more of the more the most famous incidents i guess of an mpi or hysteria uh, I'm sure you guys can think of some off the top of your head. You know, it's it's not something that's completely uncommon or unheard of. But uh, I invited Mac back on because Mac's a delight, obviously. And um, but he's got hella credentials, man. I mean, he's got several degrees all around similar fields, and it pertains 100% to tonight's episode. So, Mac, I'm hoping you bring some insight for me. And the research that I've done is novice at best. So if I have any mistakes in there, man, do not hesitate to correct me or, or add your take or, or additional stuff to it. So, Well, you know, one, one thing I wanted to touch on right away is, you know, understanding hysteria and I don't know, man, it's, it's so similar to what can become riotous behavior, you know, and almost a, a cultural assimilation to like the, the cautionary, you know, that there's this idea that forms and right. one thing that separates a hysteria from riotous behavior is one simple thing, but it can be included in both. And that's general interest. And a lot of people think that hysteria is this like massive, Oh shit. You know, <laughs> and right. it can become the same as, as riotous behavior. I mean, you look at, you look at uh, you look back in history. You look at the Watts the Watts riot. I'm sorry, and you look at what was the actual movement there. There's it was a sense of local businesses looking for security, and you know some of the people that joined in were just like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna go run with these guys because I can actually loot and rob and steal and provide for my family. You know, right. it was all based around a general interest. There, there was no hysteria in it. What hysteria is is that there's just this ridiculous backing of of over cautionary 
over assumptions and like this belief system that something terrible is going to happen if we don't do this or it won't happen unless we do this. So there's a, there's a firm separation, but it's a very, very thin line. Yeah. It's yeah. It's practically transparent that line because it seems like it can transition so quickly from just a shared belief into that riotous behavior. Like you said that it's, yeah, it's, it seems in some circumstances, it's almost inevitable, you know, and uh, I don't know if this really pertains to hysteria, but you look at um, like when sports teams wins, you know, a different shit, like um, when the Patriots win, they were like rioting in, in Boston, you know, just being stupid. And it wasn't necessarily because of like they were afraid, but that shared belief, I guess, that they, oh, yeah. Patriots, well, yeah, but, I mean, you know, and they went fucking nuts. <laughs> well, that, that's a common interest. I mean, you have you have all the Patriots fans. I mean, they they have a general interest that surrounds them, which is oh, you know, the fucking we're from New England, or you know, like we're Bostonians and shit. And they they all joined in in favor of the Patriots, but for each individual, right. they all had their goal. Like, man, I'm just here to break shit. I don't even know what the Patriots are, but you know, I'm gonna hang out right. with these guys. But, <laughs> I don't even watch football, but we're all going to get stupid. Like, but the yeah, thing, it, the big difference in hysteria is there's there's no goal. It's like this confusion, this, this yeah. you know, this idea from each individual that's contributing. And I'm going to tell you one of the biggest things to blame is the media. Oh, the yeah. Media, yeah, we're going to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're going to dig into that pretty fucking hard because that's really what's got me so pissed off and I hate to admit that I'm almost emotional about it in the sense that I'm aggravated and pissed. But yeah, the, this whole coronavirus shit and really that's what sparked this episode for me was that the the coronavirus is just it's ridiculous and the number one perpetrator of this MPI going on slash hysteria type stuff. I don't even know if I'm using MPI properly, Mac, but uh I mean, everyone losing their fucking minds right now is because of the media, because everyone's tuned into it. And that's you turn on any news outlet right now. And I guarantee within five minutes or less, you're going to see a, some kind of segment or report on, you know, oh, Corona stats right now or oh, this country's got this. Book. I mean, I think they're saying Corona virus now more than they're actually saying Trump in a lot of the media, which is I thought impossible because Trump was like every fucking 10 seconds. But. Um, but I'm just going to start with the basics real quick because I, again, I did some, you know, entry level research here and I just wanted to know what the definition of hysteria was. And so I can get a better understanding of it. And the first definition that I could find anyways, in a, I guess the most recent dictionary here was exaggerated or uncontrollably emotional, uh, or emotion or excitement, excuse me, especially among a group of people. And then there's a second definition that I found that there's an actual psychiatric definition. And this one's kind of lengthy. So bear with me, a psychological disorder, not now regarded as a single definite condition, uh, whose symptoms include conversion of psychological stress into physical symptoms. So somatization, um, like if someone's psychosomatic, like it's all in their head, right? They create the, the symptoms and the, the problem, uh, selective amnesia, shallow volatile emotions and overdramatic or attention seeking behavior. The term has a controversial history as it was formerly regarded as a disease specific to women. And we all know how that went. Uh, you know, the lobotomies that they were doing on women because they were disrespectful to their husbands or they embarrassed them in public or they didn't do what they were told type shit. Like first wave feminism type stuff, you know, like whatever. 
Um, but mass hysteria is now referred to as MPI or a mass psychogenic illness. Now, the stuff that's going on, I don't know if I would really categorize it as an MPI, but I would say that there's definitely elements in there of an MPI that, that is going on. And people spreading rumors, people just completely fucking tuning out reality, like common sense is all gone. You know, it, it's ridiculous. But ultimately, it's a rapidly spreading belief um, or, or, a, or system of beliefs or any beliefs that contributes to an emerging definition of a situation. And look at the coronavirus, ultimately. I mean, that to me is like the epitome of that. People just losing their fucking minds and they don't know a damn thing about it. But um, anything you want to add to that, Mac? I mean, is there anything that kind of left well, out on there? You got a better definition? <laughs> you look at look at the word hysterical. Okay, when you right. when you picture somebody that's hysterical, okay, you, nowadays you know people are like oh they're fucking schizophrenic. Okay, man, you're not doing somebody with schizophrenia any justice. Right. <laughs> um, I mean that with the way that psychology is moving in the direction of, I wouldn't say political correctness, but more of a definitive order to what they're trying to do with things. I mean, you look at insanity. That's not even a term that we use in psychology anymore. We don't use crazy, you know, you're no? not insane. No, no, it's, it's disorders huh. and it's, it's, it comes down to, is, is it an illness? Is it something, you know, and it's hysteria where you mentioned the psychosomatic. That is like somebody being so involved in it that they they presume the symptoms of it. Right. I mean, you got motherfuckers out there that are going to be like, oh, well, I've seen everything the coronavirus does. I, I'm so in tune with everything that everybody is saying that I'm starting to develop, I better check myself. You know, like the people that are washing the skin literally off their hands. That's yeah. hysterical behavior. Like uh, thinking themselves you know, sick in a sense. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, uh, it's, you know, one thing I, I was listening to today, I I really like Sirius XM. It's, they cover all parts of media. Again, it's still media. Mm. But they had a series of doctors on there today talking about it, talking about the the actuality of it, and that there's doctors out there saying, you know, the media got involved too quick before we've even got statistics. The media oh, yeah. started saying, you know, this. The media started saying that. Look at how many people have that phone glued to their face, Facebook, Facebook, Instagram. You know, my buddy saw this article that said this from – you know, Joe Blow, the the research that people are putting out there, and that's something that I study a lot in is how to do ethical <laughs> research. And it's like, right, man, you you're you're holding Joe Blow's hand and trying to provide his proof of absolutely fucking nothing. Right. <laughs> and opinions are opinions. Objectivity yeah. is what needs to be found. And you know, even the doctors are saying, you know, we're doing our best. It's an imperfect science. It's a trial and error thing. Right. But well, we expect the doctors who have years upon years of training and education to be able to pop up answers like, you know, like nothing. 
Yeah. Give it some fucking time, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's new. I've, I'll never discredit the danger of something that is this serious. It is proven right. that it will kill people. But give it some time. Let us get some facts about it rather than going and, and buying toilet paper and almost writing your fucking opinion on it. It's like, yeah. come on, man. Oh, Facebook, it's a cesspool of opinions and bad information, honestly. I think, and I think a lot of the hysteria has come from social media, and I'm going to dig into that here too, but um, it's just, it's insane. And like you said, Mac, I mean, people were spouting shit before we even knew anything about this. Um, I mean, granted, we, we had the numbers from China when it first started, you know, back in 2019 and stuff, which it was in its infancy. This virus just popped up out of nowhere. There was rumors all over the fucking place that I was seeing and I couldn't find a damn bit of information on any of it. Like the first one that I heard, um, that I, from what I could find, I mean, it's disappeared. Uh, you know, there was two Chinese students that were working in a laboratory in Canada and their professor that was, you know, taking them under their wing and helping them with their studies and stuff, helped them smuggle out the coronavirus and get it back to the Wuhan facility and then from there, China like weaponized it and either released it intentionally on their people uh, or it got loose or whatever. And now there's more rumors about, uh, you know, saying that the virus was actually made in a government facility down in North Carolina and it was released intentionally by the military and yada, 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 which is like kind of scary right now because that is literally one of the biggest allegations that China is saying right now. now granted, China we do a lot of trade and business with them, but they do not like us. They're like, do not get that twisted. Um, they do not agree with our lifestyle. They don't agree with hardly anything, especially our government. Um, you know, cause China's freaking communist or some of you idiots like to think it's socialist. Um, but we're incompatible, plain and simple. And you know, that it, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here, <laughs> but, uh, one thing I do want to share with everybody. And I found this list of, um, mass delusions and hysterias uh, from like the past millennium here. And I printed it out because I didn't feel like having like 400 windows open here. Um, it talks about, you know, the definition and all this other crap uh, that we already, not crap, but already talked about. Um, one was really funny and or there's a bunch in here that are actually really funny and it's, they're all around uh, either religious beliefs or superstition. Um, and it's always some kind of cataclysmic event, um, you know, the black plague and stuff like that. Uh, this first one right off the bat during the Middle Ages, there was um, these nuns in different convents and stuff throughout Europe. And uh, they were having hysterical fits. And one of the things that I researched as part of a study anyways, that um, where did it go? International Research of Health Sciences. Um, they said that some of the key factors as far as the hysterical behavior, whether it's... Um, what do they say? The anxiety hysteria or motor hysteria. A lot of that has to do with confinement, uh, restriction, um, overbearing uh, authority figures, stuff like that or whatever. So these nuns, obviously in a convent, um, strict rules. They're not allowed to do hardly anything apart from like really demanding physical labor. And, you know, they take vows of poverty, stuff like that or whatever. And they're not allowed to leave. There's no entertainment whatsoever in their lives. So one of the nuns starts meowing like a cat one day, like uncontrollably. And soon all the other nuns start doing it. Like it's just like picked up. Like it was some weird freaking disease or something. And they would meow for hours and hours a day. And uh, it spread to other convents all over Europe. And uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here from this, this article, uh, but it only ceased uh, when they brought in soldiers 
that threatened to beat them with rods. <laughs> so, and this was uh, 1844 uh, that it was cited in some book here, uh, some archives. But yeah, so these nuns would just literally meow for hours a day, either out of boredom or they were legit losing their mind or something. And it only stopped when they threatened to beat them. Uh, let, let, let's stop there. So you, you're going to tell me, <laughs> you're going to tell me, you're going to hold up a bunch of, a bunch of people in 1844 when there's hardly anything to fucking do in the first place. Oh, no, no, no. This happened, uh, middle ages. Um, it was only, they found it, they found it, uh, recorded, um, in a book from 1844. Oh. Some guys, so yeah, some guys, personal study, apparently, um, heckler, Zimmerman cited in, in Hecker, 1844. But yeah, could you, yeah, they could would you just, imagine, could you imagine? Okay. And I, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking through the nun's point of view here. You know, like you're sitting there and you're busting your ass all day to see the same people. Right. Hell yeah. I'm going to meow like a cat or do something like, I mean, right. shit, and, bored out of your fucking in, mind. In, in middle ages, you know, a third of the world's population at that time. Um, it doesn't say specifically when here. It just says Middle Ages in this uh, little thing here. But a third of the world's population just died or is dying from the Black Plague, essentially. So you're going to lose your freaking mind being confined to that, you know, prison just about. Oh, yeah. Um, and then then your only form of entertainment <laughs> is a bunch of dudes threatening you with rods. like. Yeah, because you won't oh. stop meowing. I mean, granted, if people around me were meowing for hours a day nonstop. I'd probably beat him with a cane too. I'm not going to lie. None or not, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah you, I don't know. It, but it, you can see that they're like the reasoning behind it, like their psyche behind it. Like they were literally just like prisoners there. You know, there's literally nothing to do to occupy your time apart from cleaning, cooking, praying, stuff like that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, I guess, if you want to, if you chose to be there, but that's taxing on not just their bodies, but their psyche too. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it, it takes it takes stimulant to your brain to yeah. get you to relax. I mean, I'm not talking you know like what we talked about the last episode stimulant, but I mean like stimulation to the mind and like give the give them a fucking book or something. Yeah. You know? Oh no, ed- education <laughs> was forbidden. Yeah. You know, well, especially um, for women in that time. But I oh, mean, yeah. think. Think of if we were to do that now, <laughs> which pretty much we're doing. And what what if they say, you know, holy shit, this thing's going through the internet. Everything would be cut off. You know, oh, yeah. people would lose their shit. As connected as we are now, and well, of course, how everybody knows everything. It's, yeah, wow. I mean, that... Yeah. <laughs> But man, I don't know. I probably I probably react the same way. You got a bunch of crazy women meowing like cats. I'd beat them with a rod. No, I'm, I'm just gonna kidding. Say, shut your mouth. I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> of course, that'd be me in 1844, back in the middle centuries when you know the rule of thumb really applied. But... <laughs> Closes thine mouth, lest ye be beaten. You know, like uh, uh, and of course we all know the Salem witch trials that took place in Puritan England, um, or Puritan New England rather. Uh, 1691 to 1693. It's actually really fucking sad. Um, my family and I, uh, my wife is from the Boston area and, uh, I grew up in upstate New York and we made a trip back once I got out of the army and we stopped by and saw her family. We stayed there for like a week and a half, two weeks roughly. And we, we did the whole Salem, you know, tourism stuff, whatever, really fucking neat. But 
it's actually really fucking sad because uh, if any of my listeners aren't really familiar with Puritan times, I mean, if you grew up in the U.S., you know what the, the Puritans are, the, the pilgrims and stuff that were like ultra, ultra conservative, ultra religious. Um, I mean, these were the people that would legit ostracize people if they couldn't recite the Lord's Prayer without, you know, stumbling or mumbling or anything like that. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, the, the whole circumstance around the, the Salem Witch Trial in my opinion, was sheer boredom, all right, because um, growing up in New York, we did a lot of, uh, like, our so- our whole social studies program was about, obviously, New England and that, that part of the country and stuff, and we studied, like, the Iroquois Nation, we studied the Puritans, we studied the Pilgrims, and all that kind of stuff, and the, the founding of the nation and 13 col- colonies, excuse me, and I remember um, in middle school, and we were reading these stories and stuff from different books or whatever, that Puritan life was so hard that girls and even boys would run away to go live with the natives in the forest because their lifestyle was easier and less stressful. And they were actually treated with respect, you know, based on how well they could pull their weight and hunt and, you know, stuff like that. And some of the women that would get brought back. So like they would take turns kind of raiding each other, you know, the, the colonists and the Puritans and the natives in the local area. Um, even the women that would get brought back to their colony or their, their white family, they would intentionally run away again and go back and live with their native family because the Puritan lifestyle was just so harsh. And which brings me kind of to the point here that the Salem witch trials, these kids were literally made to work from sunup to sundown. If they weren't in school, they were out doing something in the field. They were, I mean, constantly doing some kind of labor or study or something crazy, you know, reading the Bible, whatever. Um, but this article here, or this uh, thing here, it says, you know, that a lot of the girls, they would have fits that would range from outright fakery uh, to hysteria. And some people had rumored that there was, you know, poisoning the, the, the water and food supplies that were making them do all this kind of crap, whatever. Uh, there was several trials that were held. All sorts of people were hung. Um, they blamed a, a, a servant from Barbados. Uh, you know, and a, a, I guess a lot of the slaves that they had at the time, they blamed them for being in cohorts with the devil, you know, and all this other kind of crap. And really, in my opinion, it was just those kids were bored. They were tired of working literally every day except for Sunday from sunup to sundown, plowing fields, picking potato. I don't even fucking know. But you know what I mean? Like that that's not a childhood that anybody really wants. And that sounds like an extremely hard life. So these girls that were supposedly under the influence of the devil were probably just acting out. And I think for some of them, they probably just couldn't control it because that, you know, repression of individualism and all that kind of stuff. And I sound like a hippie here, but, you know, they weren't allowed to be an individual. You know, they had to follow within that that stream of Puritanism and any deviation of that you probably got beat by your dad or, you know, you know what I mean? I like, like I, I like how you say influenced by the devil, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's that goes back to, you know, Ah, that's like first forming days of the constitution, you know, and that right. well, we have, we have our right to express ourselves freely unless, you know, you are different from us. And that was, that was one of the hardest parts of the first amendment when they first started everything out and the way that the social structure led back in the day, even to today as it's, as it's perceived is the upper echelon white Christian male was the head. And when you got somebody that's bucking that system, you know, and if I recall a lot of the Salem witch trials is like misbehaviors too. Like, why is this girl having premarital sex? Why is she hanging out with the natives when she has everything that's offered here by the good hand of the Lord? 
Yeah. And the the hierarchy that was going on back in that day is so Christian based. I mean, you got oh, yeah. the Puritans in the name alone is like purely Christian. That was their whole definition. If you're not living in the word of the Lord, <laughs> you are influenced by the devil. Right. Therefore, we're going to yeah. burn your ass down. I mean, what it Don't is, is it's, a, it's a perception of going against the, the social context and what behavior is perceived should be. Yeah. Now, that's the hysteria there. The whole Puritan movement is, is really embarrassing <laughs> for them, in my opinion, because you got to think like what was going on when the Puritan movement started, right? So they were in England. Um, a lot of them were, you know, Dutch and German immigrants for the most part, stuff like that. They were persecuted in England because they did not want to follow the Church of England um, after King George kind of instated that, which was hilarious because the Roman Catholic Church wouldn't let him marry again. So he said, fine, fuck you. I'll start my own church. And he made the Church of England. Right. And then he started beheading wives left and right. But uh, so they were being persecuted by the Church of England. And they said, screw that shit. You're not going to do that to us. We're going to go cross this you know, great divide over here, this ocean where we have no idea what's on the other side, essentially. And we're going to go make our own colony. You know what I mean? Like, and then they, they, they make it to new England and they basically uh, oppress their own people, just like England just did to them. So it's like, well, what the hell are you trying to prove? But (laughs) Uh I don't know. It's just, I think it's again, the, the seclusion of stuff. There's not a lot to do. I mean, you're literally in survival mode every day because God forbid back in those days, you fucking stub your toe. You're probably going to get gangrene and die in like a week. You know, I think the life expectancy was maybe like what? 36, early forties. If that, like if you made it that far. So a lot of time, a lot of time of war too. I mean, like, and you you look at every war that's going on. There's always been a war on religion. There's always been the stem of it too. And, there's always been a hysteria that, you know, my God has a bigger dick than your God. So, I mean, in the words of George Carlin, right. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you look at it and we model ourselves after other societies, you know, like what worked best, how can we tweak it? And yep. look at where we're at now. I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> We need some direction, please. Can someone send an adult? Um, <laughs> somebody's got an opinion on it. We just got to look around a little bit. Maybe Facebook. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. Um, another notable, uh, famous American uh, hysteria moment. Uh, USA 1938 Orson Welles War of the Worlds radio broadcast. I think we're all well... Uh, kind of versed on how that went. Um, for those of you that don't know, Orson Welles is a very famous science fiction uh, writer, creator, producer, all that kind of stuff. Uh, he's got a million different projects out there that he created way back in the day. But uh, biggest thing that he did was this World of Worlds broadcast where he literally convinced his listeners with his realism and his, you know, the way he told his story. I mean, the guy sold it, you know. And back then, this is when people... Um, you know, the 1930s, they didn't have TV quite yet in every home, but everybody tuned into a radio to listen to a radio program and they listened to the news on the radio in the home. So like, if you had a radio in your house, like that was the hub, you know? And uh, yeah, he had this broadcast war of the worlds and he legit had people freaking the fuck out thinking that there was aliens invading the earth and it caused all sorts of problems. They were flooding the police lines all over major cities that he mentioned. I think Chicago was a big one. Uh, New Jersey, it says in here. Yeah. He, depicted an invasion by Martians who had landed in Grover's Mill, New Jersey. 
and started attacking with heat rays and poison gas. And he just, <laughs> he got everybody with that one. Like, yeah. And then one more I want to share real quick is this one is fucking hilarious. Uh, let me flip to it here. Sorry. I'll, I'll make a point about Orson Welles. Like, forever and always. I mean, you learn this shit probably in English literature that he was a fictional writer. He was always a fictional yeah. writer. He created <laughs> yeah, these things. Yeah, science fiction novelist and writer and yeah, fiction. Uh, and yeah, but people, man. And granted, there were simpletons back in the day, you know, for the most part. I mean, that was their only source of information. So some people just got carried away with it and that well, shared belief. <laughs> I don't I don't discredit it, you know, compared to advancements that we made today. I mean, you can't that's like comparing apples to oranges, but still, man. If you'd listened to Orson Welles that many times back in the day prior or read any of his books, it's obvious it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy how people can just get swept away like that. And I mean, we still see it today. People have not changed a single fucking bit. Um, This next one, though, is really, really, really funny. Um, Takes place in Nigeria, and it's literally called the Nigerian Genitalia Vanishing Epidemic of 1990. And I'm I'm going to paraphrase this. I've been waiting for you to go on about this one. Yeah, this one's actually really good because I think this one is probably the most outlandish, the most ridiculous. That's um, everyone knows Africa. They there's a lot of superstition and stuff involved in their beliefs. Um, I'm not going to say anything inappropriate or, or disrespectful to them, but it's it's a cultural thing for the most part that I've observed and, and read and, and learned about them. But uh, they're very very superstitious people. A lot of odd beliefs. I mean, hell, they're they're hunting albino African American or African Americans, Africans, excuse me, still because they think that they have mystical properties. Like if they eat the eyelash of an albino or something or drink the blood, um, you know, their witch doctor told them that it'll cure their illness type stuff. I mean, that's still a legitimate problem. So, um, 1990, there was an episode of vanishing genitalia that caused widespread fear, widespread fear across Nigeria. There was a psychiatrist, his name was Sonny Illich, oh God, Illichukwu. Um, <laughs> he studied the area once it started kind of taking off and he was recording all the events and stuff. And basically what he said was that uh, there was accusations that were triggered by incidental body contact with a stranger in a public place after which the victim would feel strange scrotum sensations and grab their genitals to confirm that they were still there. Then they would confront the person as a crowd would gather accusing them of being a genital thief before stripping naked <laughs> to convince bystanders that their penis was really missing. Many victims claimed that the penis had been returned once the alarm had been raised or that, although the penis was now back, it was shrunken and so probably a wrong one or just the ghost of a penis. I wonder if that's what happened. Somebody stole mine and swapped it out because something ain't right here. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> So uh, uh, the accused was often threatened or beaten until the, <laughs> until the penis had been fully restored, or in some instances, the accused was beaten to death, which I'm assuming that the guy lied and said he had like a foot long wean and he's like, no, it's still not normal. Beat him. Hold up. Hold up. So <laughs> these guys are like hanging out around their little commune. Some guy comes up and... They're like, oh my god, my dick's missing. 
Yeah, or like, yeah, well, like, like passing by and accidentally bumps shoulders. Oh, excuse me. And he's like, what the fuck did you just do? Like, it's, kind of like, it's kind of like the nose thing you do with babies, you know, where you tuck your finger in there and like, I got your nose. Got your nose, like, but this guy's like, they reach up, yeah. it's... what in the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So, this, guy, this guy accused me of taking his weans, beat the shit right? out of me. <laughs> what the fuck? Give it Keep back. beating me, it ain't long enough yet. <laughs> oh. Here's an excerpt from his study. He says, uh, Men could be seen in the streets of Lagos uh, holding onto their genitalia either openly or discreetly with their hands in their pockets. Women were also seen holding onto their breasts directly or discreetly by crossing their hands across the chest. It was thought that inattention and a weak will facilitated the taking of the penis or breasts. Vigilance and anticipatory aggression were thought to be good prophylaxis. So if you were just walking down the street and some guy just thought like, oh man, this guy, I think he's going to steal my dick. And he just decks you in the face, and then the, the rest of the crowd just comes in, and you're like, man, I'm, I'm just trying to buy some chicken noodle soup. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or trying to buy some yams by Joe down the street. Like, what the hell? But, hell I mean, yeah. he flat out says, though, that social and cultural traditions contributed to it um, a lot. Uh, they ascribe high potency uh, to the external genitalia as ritual and uh, magical objects to promote uh, material prosperity to the unscrupulous. Um the belief that the vanishing genitalia was not only plausible, but institutional, uh, institutionalized, excuse me, many influential Nigerians expressed outrage when police released suspects <laughs> or suspected genital thieves. So arresting these people weren't even enough. Like they just literally wanted them to die because <laughs> suspected of being a pee pee thief. Um, the dick and titty bandits. Like, what yeah, the just, fuck, <laughs> yeah, they just thought like, oh, they disappeared for half a second and just, Oh my god, yeah, but that can imagine if that my... was true, though. Imagine that was true. Someone just bumps into you all of a sudden, your dick and shit's missing. You're like, What are you, blank? Or like, dude, that would suck. I... You'd be like, uh, you'd be like Ben Affleck from Dogma, just a flat spot, you know? Like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what the like, fuck, man? <laughs> oh god, that would just, oh, that would just be insane. Um, wow, <laughs> but you guys get my point, though. Uh, People can run wild, and there's a lot of different factors into it. I mean, the stories there to Africa, they had a lot of superstition and beliefs. Uh, even Salem, a lot of superstition, uh, really tough life, you know, um, all contributing factors. And today, I don't think anything really has changed much in how people respond to silly stuff like that. Um, I, well, look, look, look at what ties in in all these cases. There's no facts. There's like absolutely no facts. Yeah. Like it's one person says this, let's go with it. You know, that's, that's almost, that's where I'm talking that fine line of hysteria and almost riotous behavior. I mean, like look at the riots that could have happened in Nigeria with, with penis steamer. I mean, like (laughs) go get that motherfucker, you know, like, well, I I don't want my dick stolen. So I'm going to go after him too. You know, it's like, right. That would be, that's riotous, like, the hysteria in it is the, the mental thought that you, you're believing the subjective nature of just bullshit. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. And now let's apply that to current times, okay? So Nigeria in the 90s, you know, 30 years ago roughly here, uh, we had a PP thief incident, which ended up being just bullshit, obviously. Now we fast forward to 2020, 2019, 2020, we have the coronavirus, okay? And we got idiots 
that go out to Walmart and they bought every bottle of water. They bought every fucking roll of toilet paper. They bought every bottle of hand sanitizer. They bought every bottle of hand soap. They bought stupid shit that I'm still trying to wrap my head around why they thought this was a good idea to do because from all of my research that I did on the coronavirus and even influenza type A and B, and I'm going to touch on that too, because that's another reason I'm pissed off. Uh, diarrhea, frequent shitting, like soft stools, nothing. That's not even a, a, a symptom <laughs> of the coronavirus, but because the CDC and a lot of these state agencies are saying, Oh, you might have to quarantine yourself for 14 to 20 days, wherever the fuck it was. Uh, these people th- put two and two together and they got five and said, oh, well, I better go get all the toilet paper I can because I might shit myself eight times a day and I might run out within that 14 days. I don't know about you, Mac, but I maybe shit twice a day and I'm not using like eight feet of fucking toilet paper for each time. Uh, I, no. You know, <laughs> and there was there was this other rumor in there that you know, apart from the quarantine issue that, oh, a lot of our toilet paper comes from China and they're not going to send it anymore. And then there was a flip side to it that, oh, a lot of the toilet paper that's already here or coming here is infected or contaminated with the coronavirus. I have found nothing on that apart from rumor articles. Uh, Like there was no logic behind that. There was no grounds. And yet you have these assholes, even in Podunk, Spearfish, South Dakota, Flooding Walmart, flooding the local grocery stores, flooding Sam's Club, everything, Costco's, everything. I don't have a Costco here, but (laughs) just buying everything. And it's just like, do you plan on shitting 12 times every day? There is no premise in that. There's nothing. And then the the hand sanitizer, if it's not even a certain strength, it's not going to do shit. And most of the stuff that they sell over the counter that you can get in the pharmacy or off the shelf in the soap aisles and stuff, whatever... It's not even strong enough to kill most of the shit that it claims it kills. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, the FDA was telling a lot of these, um, you know, soft soap and whatever the dial and all these other people, whatever, that they need to start selling their hand sanitizer according to, uh, you know, their claims or they were going to start finding them and making them pull it off the shelves. So then a lot of these companies started beefing up the isopropyl alcohol content, you know, percentage. But the CDC even said, that if it's not 60% or higher isopropyl alcohol, it's not going to kill the coronavirus. And in fact, in most cases, it's just not going to anyways. Uh, For those of you that don't know, alcohol is a mechanical cleaner, okay? So you have to put a lot on your hands to begin with anyways, and you legit have to rub your hands together until that shit dries. And you may have to do it two or three times to actually get the maximum effect of it. Some people don't understand that. They think they go, and and then they're done. And they're good to go. No, you did nothing. You gave the bacteria a drink. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, and, you know, one thing, again, I'll, I'll never question the severity of what any disease can do to a person at any time. Right. You know, and I've even had the discussion. I was talking with my boss about it. I was talking with my mom about it. If it's my time, I catch it, I die. Fuck it. That was what was intended for me, apparently. But, yeah, you know, the simple things like the hand washing. You know, for soap to be effective, I learned this working in kitchens. You know, they always taught us, you know, you you don't touch the faucet after you touch it the first time. Yes. You know, and pe- people are losing the simplicity of factual nature. And, yeah. you know, you, after you dry your hands off with a disposable towel, 
use that towel to turn the faucet off so you don't spread those um oh, yep like it's and even open the bathroom door with the sandpaper towel before you toss it out exactly you and know. i don't know man it's the you know the hand sanitizer thing when we went through our whole cdc thing with our with our agency they talked about you know you got to make sure that when you use this there's certain brands i think actually walmart or sam's club has the members mark or whatever sam's club i think it is yep that actually has the proper amount and like you said it's like three passes with it yeah to even to even match a quarter of what hand washing does yep and antibacterial soap is what you want to have you don't want your fancy fucking bath and body work shit yeah and, you know, it's just all fragrance and hardly any soap content god forgive me but i've been giving my girlfriend shit about this like you know you got your hand sanitizer your tangerine flavors and it's like 10 percent alcohol 90 percent glitter right <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna really knock anything out there I mean, unless you do it, a, a, you know, well, three times, 10%, got to get up to 60%. Right. So you do it like 54 times. Yeah. You know? <laughs> trying, to kill, <laughs> trying to kill that virus with some pizzazz, baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's just one one little tinge that I wanted to, to touch on here. And, you know, we, we kind of mentioned it earlier here uh, in the recording that, you know, we're still in the learning stages of this virus. Um, I mean, even like the, the nation's top epidemiologists and virologists and doctors and all these other fucking scientists out there, they're still learning. Um, There's several human coronavirus strains. And to be quite honest, you've probably had, you know, one or two or however many throughout your life and never really, you know, knew it. I mean, how many times have we gone to the doctor and they tell us, oh, it's probably something viral. You know, we'll treat the symptoms for it. Um, we're not really sure what it is, but if it doesn't go away in like a week or two, you know, you need to come back or if your symptoms get worse or you spike a fever over 104, blah, 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 blah. I've had that several times in my life. That very well could have been a corona, human coronavirus strain, right? And, uh, and I, all my information I pulled from CDC, I pulled from the NIHS and stuff like that. Um, so I'm not just talking out of my ass here, people. Um, and I will post all of my sources on the Anchor webpage and the Facebook page if anyone wants to question my shit. Um, and for those of you that don't know, maybe this is the first time you're tuning in, I worked healthcare for 11 years, right? I was a medic in the Army. Granted, I wasn't a fucking trauma surgeon or wherever else, but I was trained on all sorts of protocols, infectious disease, um, <laughs> you know, uh, communicable disease, all sorts of crap, okay, how to sanitize rooms, how to use the wipes properly, all that kind of shit or whatever, and how to just stop that shit from spreading because of all people, I was exposed to a lot of shit every day working in a clinic. So, again, not talking out of my freaking ass here, but um, the, the one thing that really ticks me off is that since we're so early in this virus, uh, the CDC is still gathering what they're considering preliminary statistics, okay, and I've got this pulled up because the coronavirus has been such a cherry-picked virus and topic in general. I mean, you've got several of the nation's top doctors, including some of those Hollywood doctors like Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew, whatever the fuck his name is, saying that the media has just gone completely fucking rampant with this and being stupid. Um, I'm going to spit some numbers at you guys real quick. Now, if anybody out there listening has different numbers or whatever else, because I'm right on CDC's website, um, send them over. I want to take a look at them because if you have something different or something updated, whatever, I want to know. Uh, COVID-19 total cases 
uh, in the U.S. I believe this is, yeah, coronavirus 2019 in the U.S. as of March 13, 2020. So today, only 1,629 total deaths as of now, 41 jurisdictions reporting cases are 47, um, you know, and that's, you know, pertaining to the states here, 46 uh, in the District of Columbus is what's uh, included there. Uh, by source of exposure reports, travel related is 138, close contact 129. Under investigation is 1,362, with the total cases being the 1629. And then it goes on to the states, whatever. So keep those numbers in your head, okay? And I'm going to prove a point real fast since people are literally shitting their pants bonkers over this. 2019, 2000, um, or 2020, rather, U.S. flu season, okay? Still going on. Still ripping preliminary burden estimates. Okay. And again, this is all preliminary because it's still going on. 36 million to 51 million flu illnesses in the United States right now. Okay. That is substantial, right? 17 million to 24 million flu medical visits. That's to clinics, hospitals, private doctors, whatever. 370,000 to 670,000 flu hospitalizations. So that's somebody getting severe enough that they need to go into the hospital and they become an inpatient at a facility. Now, here is the best one, okay? Because there's been so much shit going on back and forth about, oh, the coronavirus and the infection rate and the mortality rate and blah, 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 blah. And again, we're still in the infancy of it. And I pray to God I'm not right uh, with saying that it's not going to really take off. But so far with the flu... Just this season alone, there's between 22,000 and 55,000 flu deaths in the United States. Now that number waves, there's a lot of different factors in there. And again, it's preliminary. I'm going to keep saying that because I know somebody's going to try to bitch me out on it. Those numbers are incredible. Now, there's another thing I want to point out too, since everybody always likes to bring kids up in the media and think of the children and this, that, or whatever. CDC flat out admits that the number of confirmed cases of influenza A and B are significantly higher this year in adolescents, people under the age of 18. There's been significantly higher hospitalizations of under 18, and there's been a hell of a lot more deaths of kids under the age of 18. Where is the media outcry on that? Compared to 16, 29 deaths of the coronavirus, and yet we literally have Tens of thousands of people dying from flu, being hospitalized, requiring additional care, specialty care, all sorts of stuff, but not a damn peep in the media. So why are we so fixated on COVID-19? Do you have any opinion on that, Matt? Because I'm fucking lost, dude. <laughs> well, you know what, what I'm going to throw out there is uh, this, this is my opinion on it, and it's you look at flu it's preventable but the flu shot is your choice right right and the, uh that, that brings up the anti-vaxxers what the fuck are you thinking like this is these are your kids this is our future the flu can become crippling if it doesn't kill you anyways yep. if it's an extended period of time that you have the flu your immune system takes a shit on you you know, and, and what the CDC is saying as well is that people that have a autoimmune deficiency, not just AIDS, but a, a deficiency in their immune system. Right. You know, people that are people that are arthritic, that are taking medications. That's a side effect of it. Um, people that have dementia and seizure issues. That's a side effect of the medication. 
it's those are the people we need to start protecting from like the coronavirus the people that are the target nature but you know the one thing is you got to ask is how relatable are other health issues in comparison to the coronavirus and that's a lot of things that we just got to let the doctors fucking do the work man like people are so opinionated like well you you pump this vaccine in there it's going to get them sick it's an immune builder like that yep. we, we expose ourselves to things because we rely on our natural humanistic nature to say, Oh fuck, we better pick our shit up and start working at this. Yep. You, know, you gotta give you, you gotta give yourself a chance. And you know, uh, that comes down to some parenting and shit like that too. Yeah. I mean, look at how many places, even if you don't have insurance walk in you get a free flu shot. Why oh, do yeah. they want to do that? Look at the numbers you just presented. Yep. I mean, there's thousands of people that have fucking died from the flu. There's nope. there's like investigations into the coronavirus, how serious it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate real quick, Mag, because honestly, I'm on the fence when it comes to the flu vaccine. Because uh, just kind of in my little independent studies and stuff here, um, and I'd, I, I try to look at this stuff just about every year because – typically how they build the, the vaccine for the coming uh, flu season is they try to predict or project how the flu viruses are going to mutate and stuff like that. And they scientists literally at that point, they hope they got it right. So that way they can try to minimize all the infection and spreadability and deaths and stuff like that. So to me, I'm, I'm kind of skeptic of that because that's just literally man guessing and hoping they get it right for the most part. Now, uh, when I was in the military, I didn't have a choice. I had to get my flu shot every year, either, um, the flu shot with the inoculated viruses in it, or I had to get the, uh, intranasal, uh, flu mist with a live virus, which I will tell you this. I don't know if it was from that or not, but I got the flu mist once and I never got it again because I was sicker than a fucking dog for literally a week on quarters in my room. Couldn't do shit. I was just sicker than hell. Um, I didn't get tested for the flu. Uh, didn't have time literally could not get to the fucking clinic. Um, I was stuck in my barracks room the whole time, but every other flu shot after that, uh, totally fine. I maybe had a little bit of symptoms, you know, took some Tylenol and stuff like that and chilled out and I was good after, you know, a day. Um, but the flu mist, that shit fucked me up. And I think I'm pretty positive it was a flu mist. Again, I can't really prove that, but, um, I'm on the fence when it comes to the, the flu shot and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of evidence in support of it. There's some evidence, you know, that says, well, it's, it helps, but it's not guaranteed, all that kind of stuff. But I think overall, the, the benefits of getting the vaccine, at least you have a fighting chance for that coming, um, you know, flu season. So, I mean, if, if you're at risk, they, of course, the doctors always uh, advise if you're elderly, immunocompromised uh, children, stuff like that, you should get your flu shot. But overall, healthy people, um, it's kind of you know your choice to do that i haven't gotten a flu shot since i've been out and haven't had it so uh comparing that to coronavirus yes it is kind of a apples to oranges almost kind of scenario but i think that the flu is a much bigger concern simply because of the infection rate the infection rate um is somewhat low in a sense but it's affecting a hell of a lot more people uh than this covid19 
And when it comes to the COVID-19 and or any new disease virus, stuff like that, where it's highly communicable, um, the spread, I think the infection rate right now is for every one person, they can spread it to like 2.34 people uh, with the coronavirus. Um, the U.S. is more than capable of handling that. We have hospitals in every fucking street corner, practically. You know, we have emergency medical services. We have the best doctors in the world in the United States. Um, and, you know, we, we've had several diseases come up in the last, shit, 20 years, uh, which I'm going <laughs> to talk about here. Um, H1N1, the, you know, the bird flu. We had SARS. We had the uh, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, the MERS, all sorts of shit. West Nile, we had Ebola. Um, Ebola's numbers, um, surprisingly, I, I think the last time I looked at it, only a little little over 11,000 people died from that. Most of it was in West Africa. Um, you know, we had those couple cases here in the U.S., but we knocked that shit out. We haven't had that. Uh, we haven't had a SARS case since 2004. Uh, MERS, nothing new. Um, but Don't forget the all, swine flu. That's swine swine flu. flu, too. Yeah. yeah, swine flu originated out of Brazil. Uh, zoonotic disease that transmitted to people just like the SARS and the, the um, bird flu, the Asian bird flu. Um, you know, you got farm animals and shit in close proximity and they're not living in an exactly clean standards. You know, they are animals. And then, yeah, people get too close and whatever, and it transfers. And that's how a lot of these conditions start. Now, another rumor with the coronavirus was, oh, it came from bat soup. Mm, okay. Uh, you know, the coronaviruses are common among bat species. That's not a secret. Uh, I saw another rumor that floated around social media for a while that I could not find any information on or backstory, nothing that, um, you know, after those Chinese students snuck it to, to Canada, they brought it to the Wuhan facility and then they were trying to weaponize it. And then uh, China has this supposed practice of when they're done with their laboratory test animals, they sell them to the meat markets in town and one of their animals wasn't cleared properly and it had the coronavirus and that's where it spread. Uh, again, I can't find shit on that after I saw it. Um, complete rumor, apparently. But uh, it, it, it's just the it bugs the living shit out of me because it's like you said, Mac. People they don't understand hardly anything about it. And hell, I don't really understand a hell of a lot about it. But what I try to look at, I try to look at the positive side of the stuff. It is fact that most of the people that do contract uh, this COVID nineteen what do they say? 90% of the people have recovered fully, uh, didn't require hardly any medical attention, anything like that. I mean, hell, the CDC is even telling you, if you think you have it, just stay home, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. don't go out and spread it. And I think that's ultimately what their concern is, is the infection rate. The, the chance of it being spread from person to person is very high. It's droplet formed. It can live on a hard non-porous surface for up to nine days. And granted, that is kind of scary, but I can think of a few other common viruses that are way worse than this that I would honestly probably want the COVID over it. Um, like the norovirus, you're literally projectile vomiting and shitting your brains out for a couple of days on end. And you can't keep nothing down. You're spiking fevers. You've got all the other flu symptoms, the body aches, the fevers, the chills and shit like that. But you're throwing up and shitting on yourself nonstop. I've had that twice in my life. And the last time I had it, honestly, I prayed for death because <laughs> I was so fucking miserable and dehydrated afterwards. Coronavirus, I just, you get a fever and a dry cough. Is I just I just get. look at I just look at like the symptomology, and you know, one of the things that you know, Doctor Drew, I was watching his uh, 
his broadcast. I think he was on like CNN. He did one on Fox News too, you know, because you want to split the media, liberal and conservative there. But of course, of course. One one thing that he <clears throat> he discussed in working in these trials is that you know it's once you get over it you have an immunity to it yeah they still need to they still need to compensate for any mutations in the strain just like if the flu like you said the next year they they try they try to prevent what they can about it and i mean damn give these doctors a chance we yeah given them every bit of education to see how things work we don't we don't fucking put people in those white suits that haven't proven time and time again that they got this shit down right look at scientists scientists measure numbers and facts and they try their best based on those facts you can't predict tomorrow you can only work with what you have from the past and try to build off that and that's that's where i think the the opinions of this new modern hot button fucking illness that it seems like almost I don't want it, but I, I kind of hope I do. So people feel sorry for me. Right. <laughs> no, seriously, like, I've, I've called so many people out on that on Facebook and just like, it, it's almost like you want to have it. Like, do you want to catch this shit? Because you're like obsessed with it. You're infatuated with this shit. And people are, like I, I called some some one dude out the other day, and he I'm like I'll, I'll be honest, I was childish. I, I went petty on this guy. He posted this thing of, oh the CDC says this and says that and blah 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 blah, and he just I mean like five fucking posts in a row, and I'm like dude, like everything's gonna be okay, I promise. Like this is it, it's not even as bad as the flu when you look at it, you know, symptom wise, anyways. Um, and he tried, you know, clapping back at me with this whole, like, you know, Alex Jones article saying that Alex Jones was like, oh, oh if you put like oregano oil or some shit or, or no, 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 it was a uh, toothpaste. If you put toothpaste on it, on your surfaces, it'll stop it from, you know, clinging to that hard, uh, non-porous surface or whatever, blah, blah. And this guy was just being so stupid so that I, I just, I, I, what did I say? I said something like, oh yeah, Tom or whatever, like the CDC actually recommends just sticking the tube of toothpaste up your ass for maximum effect because... <laughs> <laughs> he was just being so fucking petty and then he's like oh well, i'm i'm a high risk in this side or whatever blah, blah, and, and i'm also a scientist i'm like okay settle down bill nye like be <laughs> it has nothing to do with fucking anything you know and this guy literally was just like spreading the fear and i'm just like you guys need to fucking stop because we don't know anything fucking about this and yet you guys are just putting out this fucking stupid hysteria and getting everybody all fucking riled up to the point where you, I mean, you can't even get basic necessities at the fucking store anymore. Like, thank God I, I checked the, the camping section at Walmart because I got fucking rused into buying RV toilet paper for like six bucks. And I went and I raided the, uh, <laughs> the personal, um, or like the makeup aisle for fucking the flushable quote unquote flushable wipes, you know? And it's like, what the fuck? Just stop being stupid, you know? And we see this all the time with different shit. This isn't even just the coronavirus. This isn't, you know, just this certain issue. I mean, look at ever since Trump's been elected and even before then with Obama, when you had the conservatives going fucking nuts with everything that he did, you know, and now we got, uh, you know, <laughs> one of the best things that really kind of pointed to the seriousness of this entire situation was that health department out of California official. She's given that press briefing about, oh, get used to not touching your hands, your face, your eyes, because that's one way that virus is spread. And then she goes, a uh, lick and then flips her page. I fucking lost my shit, dude. Did you see that? <laughs> yes. 
Like, uh, how, how, what? And people are like, oh, it's a nervous tick. You do it too. Um, no, if I seriously thought that there was a virus that was that deadly <laughs> coming around, I'm not licking my finger to turn my damn page with literally every page. Like, where to set the example there, guy? Like, what the fuck? Um, you know what? I, I, I don't know. I guess it's going to make its rounds just like everything else has. I mean, you look yeah. at the way that, you know, Ebola was around. Like, when did that come around? Oh, it was around Obama's term, wasn't it? I believe it was. Yeah. And it was like this this huge pandemic. And you, people don't understand the difference between a pandemic and an epidemic. Yeah. An epidemic is something that has progressively just gotten worse and worse. Yeah. A pandemic is like zero to 90. And that's exactly uh, what's going on. I think you got that backwards. <laughs> the... Uh, uh, the, well, what I could find anyways, the epidemic, it's or in the pandemic, it has to do with geographical location of a, an outbreak anyways. The epidemic is like, it's out of control. They're trying to, uh, it's it's in a specific area. So like it was an epidemic in China. And now that it's global, it's a pandemic because they, they can't contain it. And that's, I blame fucking China, honestly, because they should have stopped people from fucking leaving. Those dick bags, because they knew that nobody was going to close their borders. Nobody was going to stop people from entering from airports and all sorts of shit. And yet... I have an article pulled up right here. There's a Chinese official saying that the U.S. Army is responsible for this virus. If you truly fucking thought that, then you ass clowns. You should have shut your shit down. But no, let's spread the love. Let's get America back, if that truly was the case. Let's let everybody fucking fly all over the world. I well, seriously, China's fucking... Let's write, a bunch of, let's write a bunch of conspiracies about it. Yeah. You know, like, I was thinking about, you know... I read some philosophy on it. That's my favorite topic. I love philosophy. Like motherfuckers calling those parasites and mother earth taking care of itself. Yeah. Okay. Well then mother Earth's going to do it. She's got a lot bigger ways that she could do it. Like look how she she took care of the fucking dinosaurs, shut shit down, ice age, comet, whatever the fuck it was. But I mean, you look at the conspiracy theorists, like, well, look at all the the labor movement that was going on in China. Let's release this shit. That'll slow them down. They'll go. They'll all go home and they'll shut up. Yeah, and they're and not going to get paid. <laughs> so yeah. it's so cherry picked because people. You look at all the circumstances and the and the precursors to the to the outbreak, right? And in, in the coronavirus in general. Look at what was going on. The U.S. had just come out of the the trade war with China, right? We came out on top for the most part. I know that China agreed to a lot of shit that they didn't really want to, but they were losing money every day by not shipping their goods to us and then pretty much the rest of the world and allies and shit at that point. So they agreed to terms, okay? Uh, At the same time, you had the Hong Kong protests, which granted, Pretty, it was pretty. It's pretty far away from the Wuhan facility um, or the the Wuhan uh, province where this started from. However, I would not put it past China to poison and kill their own people, not for a fucking second. Uh, I mean, hell, Tiananmen Square, they ran a fucking dude over with a tank for fuck's sake. And you really think that they would hesitate to release a bioweapon on their own people to clear them off the streets? Because look what's going on now. Not a single fucking soul in downtown Hong Kong, unless it's an absolute necessity. Uh, that's the best form of crowd control in my opinion. Oh, oh, big bad virus. You know, you're going to get it and you're going to die if you go outside. You know what I mean? You can't protest the government if you're sick. So nobody wants to, nobody wants to look at any of that shit. I haven't seen any of that in the media either. And granted, you can call me conspiracy theorists, wherever the fuck you want, but look what, look what the repercussions of this coronavirus has been. No more protests for democracy or, and or freedom or just some freedoms anyways in China. 
the trade war is getting brought back up again. Uh, the world economy in particular, the U.S. economy is taking a shit. You know, the, the NASDAQ, the, the Dow, the New York Stock Exchange, all that stuff is fucking plummeting, right? Uh, now's the time to buy, people. Um, it's just, it's crazy. And nobody wants to, nobody wants to talk about that. It, going back to the, sorry, I'm going on a fucking tangent here because I'm getting upset. Where you look at the hysteria that this has created, and we've seen it so many times before. Okay, we've seen it in the Obama era with the conservatives and the Republicans losing their shit. Uh, we see it now with Trump. Every fucking news broadcast has Trump coming out of their mouth. Uh, you've got the, all the leftists and stuff with uh, you know Antifa claiming that there's Nazis everywhere. And Mac, I know you wanted to talk about that. Uh, oh, please. Firearms in the U.S. Here's my take on why guns will never be banned in the United States. Um, it is an absolute political tool. Look at how many times it's been used to push different shit. They've No one has called for an outright ban. They want to restrict it to the point where it becomes an inconvenience and all sorts of stuff, but they will never, ever, ever get rid of firearms. It's too much of a fucking useful tool. I mean, the, the, the timing on stuff is uh, way too convenient on a lot of these issues and, and mass shooting events and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, uh, just coming to mind was uh, that idiot that supposedly sent the pipe bombs um, to the Democratic uh, offices and shit in D.C. just before the um, primaries. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, he was in the van, crazy Hispanic guy supposedly that supported Trump and all this other bullshit, whatever. Uh, magical, right? And then uh, the Las Vegas shooting was conveniently right before a political event. Like all this other shit, man. Like they will never get rid of guns because it's it's too useful of a tool. It's a scare tactic. Mark my words. Uh, going back to Antifa and Nazis, and, and Nazis are everywhere. It's okay to punch Nazis. Like, okay. You know, go, going back to the gun thing. Think about if if the government mobilized against taking everybody's guns, they're going to need a massive fucking support system and army to do that because i guarantee you the what what is it like three three hundred million are registered in the united states alone that's not counting motherfuckers that don't have them registered no shit and they're the ones that we have the the fully automatics and stuff too and look look at it this way do you ever see anybody invade the u.s hell no because they know it'd be a fucking death sentence Oh, yeah. And I mean... Oh, this, You're going to get I me mean, going on that one, Matt, because yeah. I can talk for hours on what-ifs and scenarios and all sorts of stuff, because I'll be honest with you, when I was active duty, and I'm probably going to get on a watch list for this one if I'm not already, uh, but we used to talk all the fucking time, like, what would happen if the government destabilized? What would happen if the government turned on the people? Would the military go with the freedom fighters, quote-unquote, uh, or just the civilians defending themselves and their families, or would we side with the government? And I can promise you this, when I, when we were talking about this, this was back 2012, I mean, we talked about it from forever, but this particular conversation was 2012, 2013, the vast majority of soldiers that I spoke to, this is exactly what we would do. Okay. The government came down that day saying, we need to go march on the streets. We need to round up and imprison, capture whoever, any political, you know, opponents or people speaking against government, blah, 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 whatever. Um, we would raid the arms room, okay? We would take every fucking weapon out of there, issue them out, and do what we needed to do for anyone that got in the way, rank regardless, okay? Then we were going to hit up the motor pool. 
And we're going to take every vehicle that was running because God knows that half the vehicles in the motor pool are fucking shit and deadlined. But anything that could run that we could mount a gun to, we'd be rolling out with it, right? And the first thing that we would do, once we got all that established, if we could make it out of the post anyways, is we would go join up with local militias and train, do all sorts of shit with them and get them on our side. You know what I mean? And tell them like, we swore to protect the constitution. We swore to uphold it. We swore to protect the people because I consider myself a constitutionalist. I'm not necessarily libertarian because libertarians are a fucking joke. I'm not really a conservative and I'm definitely not a fucking liberal. Um, but when we all took that oath, right. Um, it was to swear and uphold the constitution and defend it and also protect the people that we represent. Right. No way. That's a definition whenever your government becomes the enemy, you know? Oh, exactly. Exactly. And so to to, to me, I'm not really worried about it. I mean, some of these new Joes that go in, um, I mean, it's more of a liberal army now. And it's part of the reason why I got out because I served under the Obama years when he turned the military into a social experiment. Um, Didn't, didn't like it too much. Um, Our rules of engagement were pure shit. Um, You know, we literally could not, shoot people unless we were fired upon i mean literally joe schmo could be walking down the fucking street with an rpg until he pointed it at us we couldn't do shit about it um shit like that really pissed me off uh and then all the different social changes he was bringing in it just attracted the wrong type of people to come into the military like you had people coming in that didn't want to be warfighters they didn't want to be soldiers you know what i mean they were there just for the benefits which granted the benefits are there to sweeten the deal uh, service members, we tax our bodies a hell of a lot more than the common folk out there, um, physically and mentally, but we attracted the wrong people. I, I signed up. I wanted to go to war. Um, I would join the national guard, South Dakota national guard first. And I fucking hated it. There was no chance of me being deployed. And I got treated like shit as a medic. And I, I air quote that because I was barely doing anything medical or combat medic related. When I, uh, joined active duty, man, I was thrown right into the fucking mess. Like, I was out there with my fucking guys. I was responsible for like 40 dudes and I was considered a line medic, you know, and I earned my combat status by actually doing shit with them and deploying with them. Um, but I am the, the new breed of soldiers coming in. The, the military kicked out all the battle hardened veterans for the most part, either they're too broke or they just ended up getting out cause they were sick of it. Or the army literally just booted them out for whatever fucking reason. Um, the the drawdown in particular Obama's uh, drawdown after the war and granted it's not necessarily him we always do a drawdown after every war um, but the all the battle hardened people are out most of the veterans that actually went over had multiple tours and shit like that and saw stuff are gone now you have all these we call them slick sleeves they're the ones training up to fight this imaginary you know enemy kind of like the eighties where we were training to fight Russia and shit um, but their mentality and their breed is just totally different. I'm kind of nervous about them, but I'll, I'll promise you this, the, this generation of veterans is the wrong one to fuck with. Um, <laughs> if the government ever wanted to flip, uh, no bueno, senore, because we learned a lot of shit from Iraq. Uh, we learned a lot of shit from Afghanistan. We learned what worked for them, what worked for us and vice versa. Um, if you think that Afghanistan and Iraq was bad, just imagine how rural America would look with a bunch of pissed off vets and all their buddies that they just trained on how to shoot, move, communicate effectively, right? We would make Afghanistan look like child's play, okay? We would make Iraq look like a fucking kid's birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, all right? We don't even need vehicles. 
Okay. Uh, there's just too many of us. Um, urban America, holy dog shit. Um, good luck. <laughs> uh, the majority of our training for the past two wars, or just in particular Iraq anyways, was Mount. Okay. Uh, that's where we're kicking indoors or sweeping rooms and shit and we're clearing buildings, right? We are masters at that. I welcome the challenge. SWAT teams ain't got shit on veterans. I can promise you that, especially infantry guys. Holy dog shit. And I'm getting off on a tangent here, but you get my point. Uh, it yeah, would, I mean, it's, you got guys like, like, you, uh, sorry, you got guys like uh, Swalwell saying like, Oh, they got nukes. Uh, okay. Have fun being the ruler of a wasteland dipshit. Um, you got Biden, you know, that says like, Oh, they're going to need tanks and jets and blah, blah, blah. Uh, have you not been paying attention? You fuck wild because our first example was Vietnam. Uh, I'm sorry. We lost that war. Uh, and then Afghanistan, we've been there for almost 20 years and we've got the best shit in the world and we cannot beat those freaking little mountain monkeys, man. You know, <laughs> we pummel the hell what out. What do you think? I want to I get your opinion on this. Then. And since we're on rants and raves right now, sorry, what about, <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, it does, it has to do with, with the military and everything. What about staying home? What about worrying about what we got going on and just putting up our defense? Not fucking with anybody anymore. Uh, that is a shared mentality between 99% of veterans right now. We need to take care of our own. Not even so much an isolationist belief, but we have too many problems here that we need to fix and we need to stop fucking in everybody else's bullshit. I, I can promise you that. That is a, a core belief among veterans because um, Iraq and Afghanistan, look look what, what good we did. You know, We lost brothers and sisters over there. Plain and simple. Uh, and for what? We didn't stop terrorism. We haven't made hardly a fucking dent. For every one that we killed, six more popped up out of it because, you know, oh, you killed my uncle. I'm going to go fight you now. You know, and half those people are completely uneducated and they just do what they're told anyways. And, you know, because they're under threat of oppression and threat of violence, or whatever else, from all these little warlords and shit that pop up, whatever. But we, well, we don't well, need yeah, to be talking with anybody else anymore. Well, and I agree there's that. That Cold War, Invisible War mentality, you know, like the shit talking will always persist. Always. You know, and, and like, always. Like you look at terrorism, you look at like the war on drugs, you look at even what we got going on now with the coronavirus, all this shit with like the flu and stuff. It's like, what are we doing to stop it? We can't, yep. you know, it's something new is going to come up. Yeah. You, you, know, you, you could You could take the cartel down. There's still going to be that one kid. I don't know, call me socially stupid right now, but that Southern California that sees his first experience with cocaine, I man, everybody's got to try this again, you know, right. and it blossoms. The same thing you said with terrorism, like, look at that, look at that fucking guy, you went and killed his uncle, that was his only family member, he's going to be vengeful in every single way he can. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's just how it, it works, those invisible wars, it's, it's, mm -hmm. There's going to be one that pops up everywhere. And it's it's a sad thing because a lot of people don't understand that, you know, maybe it's just time to just leave some fucking people alone. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, and I think, um, not Rand Paul, but uh, Paul Ryan, or, or Ron Paul, Paul Ryan. What the fuck? Um, Ron Paul said it best, um, when the, the whole Syria thing in Iran was kicking off, whatever, you know, he just flat out said like, they are no threat to us because they don't even have the capability of striking us soil. 
<laughs> you know, we would bring the fight to them if anything, but we didn't, we didn't need to get involved in any of that shit, you know? Um, and don't get me started on the cartel, honestly, because that's uh, the war on drugs pisses me off. Uh, I think it was literally just nothing more than another government scare tactic into getting people to fucking give up more rights. Uh, and again, look, uh, look where that got us. Uh, and, you know, and I'm going to take this moment here to congratulate drugs on winning, winning the war. Uh, yeah. because it, it literally has done nothing. We've wasted hundreds of millions of dollars. We've created an extra branch, the DEA essentially, and the ATF, um, well, ATF was around before that, but they got involved into it. And then the DEA pooped up and we've literally, we're just treading water and we're just throwing money at a problem. Um, kind of like the continent of Africa, we're just dumping money on it and it's not doing anything, you know, and it, most recently the heroin epidemic, um, uh, Turner, if you're out there listening, you turd, uh, I know you got stuff going on, but I want to get you on for the opioid crisis and Mac, I want to bring you back for that one too. Cause obviously you deal on that quite a bit, but, um, yeah, don't get me started on that shit. Cause I'm already going off the rabbit hole, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we have all these examples though. We have all these examples of people losing their fucking minds. They have no idea what they're talking about. The Antifa and the Nazis everywhere. We had all these different shit coming up. Now we got the coronavirus, you know, firearms and, and, weapon uh or you know gun violence rather the russian collusion that finally got i think they they finally got done beating that dead horse i hope uh immigration is always a fucking problem you got people deathly afraid of that now granted there's some truths to all of these um but people just they they cling to certain things and they just go fucking buck wild like they lose their minds over it and then wanna, it just gets worse push. from there and next thing you know the media is I want to push one of your buttons right now. What do you think yes, about the, the social justice warriors? They're idiots. Like, honestly, like <laughs> it's, it's fake altruism. Okay. They're trying to stand up for the little guy. They're trying to do all this shit or whatever. And honestly, what I think it is, is they're just, they're trying, they're looking for gratification from their peers. Because if you ever notice, it's never a single social justice warrior. There's always a, a fucking, a pod of those whales floating around, you know, and they're always causing problems now more prominent in uh, metropolitan cities and shit like Oregon and Portland, whatever the fuck it was, Denver, shit like that. Um, but it's never just one of them. They never talk shit by themselves. It's always a, a big group. They're always protesting stuff. Um, Antifa, we all know they're giant pussies because none of them can fight and they have to bring sticks and mace and bats and clubs. Uh, Stephen Crowder. It's kind of weird did. for kind of weird for an anti-violent movement you know well, they have shifted let me tell you they have yeah <laughs> it went from being a, a supposedly a peaceful thing to standing up for the little guy you know we need to speak for minorities which i think is horribly fucking racist because where where did that belief ever come up and i, I posted this on facebook a couple weeks ago like where do you get off speaking for someone else um especially a minority you know black people hispanics whatever um let them speak for themselves if you truly want to support those people, get behind them. Don't stand in front of them because let, you know, they need to, they need to share what their problems are. And for self-hating white liberals, oh my God, for you to literally be like, no, it's okay. Um, you know, Jose or whatever, or fucking whatever the shit I'll speak for you. They'll listen to me. Isn't that their oh. definition of white privilege? Well, that's that white guilt. Yeah. That, that's that, oftentimes... You know, and that's that's something I, I had a discussion topic with one of my teachers in my uh, master's program. I was talking with her, and I said, I said, why, 
you know, we talk about the the socioeconomic structure, the dominant cultural class being going back again. When we first started the the white Christian male, and right. I said, I said, I'm having a real problem here in understanding why I should be feeling guilty about being white. I mean, I as far as my perception and where I come from, and you know, some of my history, I had to work my fucking way back up. Yeah, and. I didn't get any handouts. I, I fought for every bit that I had to, to get there. And even to where I'm at right now. And, and you're you still know, working a lot. You're still busting. Yeah, Nobody's handing you shit. And a lot of it, you know, <laughs> when, when I'm, when I'm in the social work field, a lot of what it is, is alleviating oppression. And one right. thing that we're always taught is like you said, you don't, you don't stand up in front, you know, you empower people with what is equal what is right and what is just. And, you know, I I was talking with one of my friends uh, about the difference between being a strong and supportive social worker, being a social justice warrior. And (laughs) well, it sounds the same to me. He said, and I said, I said, no, it's, it's not a, it's not a matter of standing up for somebody. It's standing for somebody. Right. You're standing up, you're standing for somebody and saying, you know, Hey, I get this just because you're different color skin, you know, the, um, the social sexual identity, whatever. I mean, the freedoms that we are afforded should still come with equality, whether or not, you know, it's like, you don't got to go raise a fucking cane about it. Yeah. You know, there, there's, there's positive socialistic nature ways of doing it. I'm not talking socialist as in like the, the belief system, Yeah, but in a socialist way of, talking to people getting where you need to be right handling your situation as a mature fucking adult yeah having a having a conversation you know like hey man you know i i i'm i'm disabled there's no way that i can i can get a job okay we're gonna talk to the government we're gonna get you you know your earned rights and in disability and liabilities for that does that make that guy a welfare seeker no i mean he's absolutely checked every route that he possibly can by all means, he should be stood for, not in front of, not against. Right. You know, no matter the color of his skin. He he <sighs> probably put in a certain amount of time. It's like it's like you talk about the vet benefits. You know, you guys put your life on the line. You you come home messed up, missing a limb, fucking you know, some come back absolutely normal, but you still put yourself forth in that effort to get those privileges. You earned those yeah. privileges. Now, are they privileges? No, they're not privileges. They're things that you've earned. They're things that you've worked for. They're things that you discussed, you negotiated, you sacrificed for. You know, that's (laughs) that's where I don't like Antifa is like this riot push for fucking, you know, that's socialism in its own. Oh, purely. Uh, They, um, uh, I'm sure you've you've studied it or at least heard of it before, Mac. Um, You know, uh, the brown sugars, you know what I mean? Uh, oh, yeah. right after World War II and stuff, and they were sifting out Nazis and all these idiots, you know, Nazi sympathizers, all that kind of stuff, you know, Stalin's um, brown shirts, whatever the fuck. Uh, mm-hmm. Very reminiscent of, uh, or Antifa is very reminiscent anyways, because um, granted, they were like truly the Antifa because they were in fact, you know, trying to find fascists and stuff and hiding and whatever else. Um, but today, the Antifa today is not anything uh, like that. And 
they should just call themselves the fascists because their their practice and their beliefs is pure fascism. Um, has nothing to do with socialism, although they do want like a violent takeover. They do want a violent communist takeover. Um, good luck convincing me otherwise because Antifa's actions and even the Democratic Socialist Party of America, they advocate that shit. You know, um, they don't believe that there's any other way to do it. Now, they're, oh, they're going to vote for Bernie. Look at Bernie supporters. They're even violent at his fucking rallies, you know, um, and all over social media, they're just horrible. But self-loathing whites are the worst racists that I've encountered. And when, when it comes to that stuff, and it's pathetic, really, because I why should I be held accountable for shit that happened way before? My family never had anything to do with anything. We never owned slaves. I've never oppressed anybody. Family's never done that. So why the hell should I feel guilty for shit that other people did? You know, um, personal thought, the uh, war on drugs, um, you know, started uh, not too long after the civil rights movement. And again, I'm going down the rabbit hole here, but if it, um, if I seem crazy, cut me off here, Mac. But uh, I think that was kind of an intentional thing to start locking up black people (laughs) in minorities, because I think the government truly was pissed, you know, with the Martin Luther King movement and the civil rights movement in the sixties that they needed a new way to start locking people up because the statistics don't lie. Uh, the war on drugs did nothing but lock up blacks and Hispanics predominantly compared to whites and pretty much anyone else, any other minority. That's just my take on it, really. Um, completely designed to do that. And it's still affecting uh, families today because you've got guys that got locked up in the 80s that are still behind bars because of weed or whatever the fuck else. I'm not a huge advocate on victimless crimes. Uh, South Dakota, we make a lot of money on victimless crimes. Uh, we lock a lot of people up for victimless crime, vic- victimless crimes. Ugh. Um, and it pisses me off. But you know, I guess I guess when I look at the war on drugs, you had a bunch of greedy white upper class men that were seeing, you know, the well. If you go back, there's a great documentary by Woody Harrelson called Grass. Yep, and. The, it's fucking it's hilarious on top of everything but he uh he discusses you know when marijuana was discovered in america it was a bunch of mexicans that were out in the field working hard that were trying to relax so <laughs> they pulled out some some bud and all of a sudden you know the this kid that was working with the mexicans he brought it across oh my god he brought it across to his community and he was sharing it with his friends and he was acting really weird and then there was just like every hot button issue you know right over exemplification of fucking opinions and it's like you know there was no facts look at it it's, that was like what i think in the 40s yeah the reefer like madness we bullshit trying, yeah yeah we we're starting to let a little more freedom in our borders and shit like that and then all of a sudden you know we have it's like we have to have something going on and I just look at, you know, the opinions of it and what six years ago was when, well, the FDA started to do some testing on the purposes of THC versus the cannabinoids and the CBDs, etc. And they started to find the facts. Right. It's something that, I mean, it goes back to the beginning of this conversation all the way to where we're at now is like, where, where do people pull the shit out of? Like, where is it this inoculation of ideas that's just 
I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's I think pissing it's, me off now. Yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been a conditioning for sure because um, George Carlin said it best in his last stand-up, and I love George Carlin because that guy, he told it like it was, and he wasn't afraid, and uh, he had a lot of truth in his stand-up while being hilarious. And uh, rest in peace, George. But um, you know, he said that Americans have become so conditioned to thrive on fear that at a moment's notice, they will easily give up more of their freedoms and, you know, for a false sense of uh, security, an illusion of security. You know, the government come save me type shit. And it's extremely sad because as we see it every day in America, firearms, all that kind of shit. You know, I I always say firearms because I'm a huge firearm enthusiast. Um, I love shooting them. I love owning them, all that kind of stuff. Uh, But that's always a hot button topic when it comes to that freedom versus security. They're always looking to restrict more. They're always looking to take it away from certain people and all sorts of stuff to make everyone else feel better, you know. And it's just well, look, look, look at what fear does. Fear entertains too. Oh yeah. How how scared are you? You know, it it goes. I'm gonna throw a socialist perspective at you, and it was it was Karl Marx. I mean, he was what he meant in socialism was equality. Like, if you ever read. Das Kapital or the Capital, right? He discusses a lot about, you know, equal payment of of goods for the services they provide. But you know, how do you, how do you it deem wouldn't have been that successful? Good. Yeah, what's that? How do you deem what's what's equal payment to a service, though? Exactly, and that was something that he he discussed. You know, it's like, well, you can't really pay. Like, okay, you look at your your guy that comes to pick up the garbage. Mm-hmm. He has an important job. Are you going to put that over a doctor? How do you measure importance? Exactly. Okay, so, in but one thing, one of the best points he ever made was that the foundation of a government-run system based on opinion is a bread and circus to the masses. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's just a fucking you're feeding and entertaining people to preoccupy them for a movement. Whether it's a movement underneath their feet that they're not going to see, like the pulling the carpet out from under you, or they're preparing people to help them in a movement. Yeah. And I mean, it it goes in any government form, a capitalist form, a socialist form, a communist form. I mean, if if you're in Korea, you got, the, you know, you got Kim Jong Un and if his people decided, his military decided to turn code on him, he's out. Yep. That government ceases to exist, of course, until they decide on a new dictatorship because that's how they run. Right. But that's <laughs> how they do it there. Yeah. He either dies or they fucking kill him. That's it. Yeah. You know, and we have that set in our constitution. If our government comes against us, we have the right to turn against them. Yeah. It's it's ingrained in us. But when has the delusion of the bread and circus become so real that we can't see it i think we're at the capstone right now to be honest because (laughs) and i could be wrong and i hope i'm wrong but when it comes to that anyways but i think a lot more people are starting to wake up to a lot of the shit that's going on um we've got a lot of push we got a convention of states going on actually right now or an attempt at a convention of states um if you're not familiar with that for my listeners you need to look that up um but we're trying to push for uh, term limits and a lot of reductions when it comes to Congress because they are the holier than thou, do as I say, not as I do, elitist in our nation. And they make all of our major decisions. They 
I mean, literally every aspect of our government goes through our three branches of government. Now, everybody hates Trump. Everybody wants to demonize this guy and everything else. Um, but Congress really is the cesspool. Like, it truly is. And I hate to use this term because it's been so fucking used, but it's a swamp. It's disgusting. We've got politicians in there that have become millionaires. How do you become a millionaire as a civil servant? How do you become a millionaire as an elected official? Um, who was I talking about? That's a good old boys club. Yeah, good old boys yeah. club. George Carlin again said it's a big fucking club and you ain't in it. You know, like, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and he even said, you know, like the, the elitists, like they love to flex on us just to let us know who's in charge, you know, um, who's really pulling the strings, you know, behind the curtain and stuff. And this coronavirus, I, w- I seriously wouldn't doubt it if that's truly what it was, if they were just reminding everybody of who's really, you know, in charge here. Um, it's just ridiculous though. But yeah, rebellion is in our blood as Americans, but I think we've also lost that too, because to be real, I think the founding fathers would have been stacking bodies by now because when they wrote the constitution, they had just come out of, you know, the revolutionary war. They put up with fucking King George's fat ass and it's just, or I'm confusing myself here, but they, we just came out of the revolutionary war. You know what I mean? They knew they witnessed a tyrannical government, uh, a monarchy granted, but they knew what that could turn into. And look what's going on right now. We have no control over our government. We've got alphabet agencies that have no oversight, basically inexhaustible funds, and they're doing whatever the hell they want. You know, um, we got people in Congress, millionaires, like I said, uh, from lobbying and passing bills that benefited their company that they're invested in and all sorts of stuff. And why is that allowed? You know, they start out at salaries, 174,000 a year, which I think is super fucking generous. If they get reelected as a, a, a congressman or congresswoman, that's guaranteed for life. They have to be reelected for it. Plus, they get their health care for the rest of their life for free. Uh, why? That's what happens when you let people make their own paychecks. <laughs> you know, they're look at, not. Look at where the interests lie. I mean, that's that's something that a lot of people forget about politics. You know, you look at, <clears throat> I guess, one example that really stands out for me when I was doing some classes for social stratification was like, you know, you look at elected officials, what's, what's the stake? What's, what's their stake in it? You look at like Bill Clinton. Okay. What was the, look at, look at the, the way that our education system turned. We went from no computers, no internet access to, Every classroom had at least one computer to work on right. to having computer labs. Night. Look at what we're doing now. We're doing a podcast over a computer. Right. It has become so normalized. But you look at the Clintons now, they're billionaires because good old Bill bought fucking stock in Microsoft. And it's a ever developing, never stopping monetary system for him. Oh yeah. He got to promote it through his presidency. Look at look at George W. His only interest was get Dick Cheney in there. I'll be the puppet. I want oil. Yep. <laughs> Dick Cheney ran our country. It was not George W. And I mean, hell, Dick Cheney shot a guy and made him apologize for it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. How and did you do that? Dick, but Dick Cheney had a mentality of a warmonger to go in, send people off. I mean, of course, nine eleven happened. I get that. You have to respond to that shit. But he sent people over there 
let's get it going you know hey while we're over there though you know let's go fuck with saddam a little bit yeah let's get that iraqi oil under control so that you know we can create a little epidemic here in the u.s yeah remember when all the fucking gas prices rose up from like dollar 12 to like four dollars overnight yeah they gotta buy that texaco oil because it's in the u.s so (laughs) he got his interest involved and you look at a lot of the politicians today and what what's their backing? You know, how long has Joe Krusty Balls been sitting in that fucking seat? <laughs> Joe, money? Joe Krusty Balls is running for president right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, but oh, you can even look as re- at recently as as Trump. I I don't have an opinion of him. I think that we've actually had a pretty good balance with him, and I by no means am of any political interest. I you know I've I've been taught there's there's conservative measures for conservative items and liberal measures for liberal items. Right. But look at, look at the real estate market. Look at the price of housing that's gone up. We've inflated our economy so that we have this projection that we can all afford a fucking $280,000 house. That's blasphemy. Yeah. It, it didn't change. It just put more money in the pockets of the real estate companies. Well, yep. I wonder what Trump does for a living. Hmm. <laughs> and one thing that cracked me up, these motherfuckers talking about $400,000 salary donated to this. It's like, dude, have you seen Trump's pocketbook? That's chump change, that guy. Yeah. He's, he, he could fucking go and buy a steak for $400,000 and still give you a million dollar tip. He, he like, gave the ball boy at his tennis court and the, the freaking um, Mar-a-Lago fucking 400 grand. Like, here you go, kid. Buy yourself something nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, get yourself educated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be like you give me that kid. Uh, yeah. Vote for me. Yeah. yeah. Don't go bankrupt six times. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it, and that too though. People people lost their shit. Uh, you know, going back to the hysteria thing here. People lost their shit when he was running president. He's he's went bankrupt so many times. It's like you don't even understand how these billionaires and shit like Trump, they file bankruptcy all the fucking time. You know, if it's a lost endeavor, they, they put a couple million over here and eh, didn't work out bankruptcy, you know, whatever chapter that's what rich people do all the time. You know, well, it's, and a, they, it's a measurable, it's a measurable financial move for, to eliminate yeah, debt. Exactly. And it's, it's a protection for when you have that much fucking money so that you don't start sinking other investments and other shit that you got everywhere else, you know, but people again, with the false information and the false beliefs and stuff and, and playing right into this freaking hysteria bullshit, they pretend like they know what they're and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know exactly how that shit works or whatever else. I have a general understanding, but I do know this. The people that are spouting the shit don't know what the hell they're talking about. And I would never lie to you. Uh, and that earlier this week, I, had, I got into it with a certain person. I'm not going to mention their name or anything identifying because I'm not going to get fucking sued by the putts. But um, it tried baiting me into an argument that supposedly, you know, he's now a subject matter expert on it because he read a bunch of shit and did all this, whatever. But I ended up deleting the comment because there's a guy in particular, I'm not getting into an argument with him. And I'm just like, now I'm losing my fucking train of thought because I'm getting fucking pissed off. But all these people, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm never going to lie to you and, and act like I'm uh, an expert on any of this shit because I'm not. You know, um, that's why I bring on key people like you, Mac, that actually have credentials and education. So you can teach me some shit while we're doing this. But half these people, when they when they look into these radio programs and TV shows and also their bullshit, whatever, 
you got to remember, the media is not on our side. In the coronavirus in particular, the media blasted this shit out of proportion, like, from the get-go. And why? Because, like you said, Mac, fear sells, right? And mm-hmm. they did it all for ratings. These people get paid to, to promote this shit. So... <laughs> Half the time when, when, you know, you got these guys like, like Ben Shapiro and Glenn Beck and different people, liberal syndicates and conservative syndicates, whatever the fuck else, you got to remember, they're not preaching to the opposite side of the aisle. They're preaching to their, their fan base and the people that already think and, and go along with them. You know, they're trying to keep them there and, and it's all for ratings. It's all for money and all this other kind of stuff. So always, you know, if you want to listen to that stuff, fine, that's your choice. If you want to listen to the, whoever the hell, you know, take it kind of, kind of cautiously because they're not really on your side. They are doing it for money. They're not there out of the kindness of their heart. Now we'll tell you this, this podcast is completely a hobby. Um, I mean, I did, this is the first one we put together in three weeks and, uh, <laughs> I do this in my spare time. I research shit when I'm bored at work. I research, uh, you know, stuff when I, I got some downtime at my house, I'm not getting paid to do this. You know, I run a few ads in my stuff and I think now in my anchor.fm account, I've got 95 cents available with a 25 cents transaction fee. So, <laughs> uh, you know, if I want to cash out, but they always do it for ratings. Those people are getting paid. They're not your friends. Granted, if they do their stuff or they have their credentials, great, but they're not doing it out of the kindness of their heart. They don't, they're not doing it because they actually care about you. One thing that I do have a problem with is this one person in particular never posts their sources. They never post links to anything, anything that they supposedly read, all this other kind of shit. They're insider sources. Um, to me, if you have insider sources and you're not willing to at least post that information, um, you know, what your insider source had or where they got their information or even their name or whatever, I really can't take that as credible. Granted, there's probably some truth in what your quote unquote insider source said or whatever the fuck else. Um, but I'm not going to take that to heart. I'm not going to the bank with that. You know, I, I wouldn't bet my life well, on shit. You know, one thing too, I would encourage anybody is even facts can be interpreted, you know, and people can put their opinions on and twist the way that they look at a fact, man, you, you got to check it. You know, you got to see where it comes from. You got to see. Is it bias? Is it a blind source? You know, like what's yeah. the intentions behind it? Yeah. Like, like you said, they're looking for ratings, looking for fan base, shit like that. That's, I got an insider source. That's my intestines and they're full of shit. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's like, come on, man. It's, uh, it, you look at the people that have worked their entire lives on a particular subject. They're probably going to be pretty fucking knowledgeable about it. Yeah. And they're going to back it, you know, it goes that age old saying, don't write checks with your mouth that you're asking at cash. And right. You know, that's where, that's where this hot button pushing shit comes in. Does it a feed off that? It's like, yeah, well, I got, yeah. I got fucking Joe crusty balls on my side. Who's a politician. So it's, it's gotta be true, you know? Yeah. Or I, and I to- agree with him cause he's on TV. Yeah. And most of the people spouting this shit on their little outlets and stuff. I mean, they're no better than, you know, honestly, the elitists out there that are feeding it to them, in my opinion, because half the half the guys that that spout the shit anymore, they're just alarmists. You know, uh, they're practically provocateurs. They're not actually trying to make a change for anything. They're not out there promoting, you know, oh, we should get our shit together, whatever else. They're literally just fear mongering. 
they're they're putting this shit on their websites and they're putting this shit on their TV shows and their radio broadcasts, wherever the fuck, podcasts, wherever. And it's literally just to get people afraid or keep them tuning in to the next one type shit. You know what I mean? Which if, if people stop listening tomorrow, I can give a shit less because like I said, this is a hobby. I'm not getting paid to do this. If you want to listen, then great. I appreciate you, you know, tuning in and, and listening to me fucking rant with a guest for an, an hour or two. But you know what I mean? There's literally no gain in this for me other than just personal satisfaction that, hey, I got to talk about something I was passionate about and I did some fucking research on it and I had somebody cool on that was knowledgeable in the subject, you know. Um, but everyone else, these fucking outlets and stuff, they just. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, but I mean, you get what I'm saying though. Like half the, they're not on your side. I don't care what side of the aisle they're on, if they're conservative or liberal, whatever the fuck, uh, pro-Trump, anti-Trump, whatever, because they're not like I, the biggest thing. The one thing that I noticed about this guy that jumped on me too, uh, I don't think he's genuine in his cause or concern. Um, if you're genuine in trying to teach somebody, especially when it's on social media, um, you're not going to jump on them. And this isn't me being sensitive. This isn't me being a puss or anything like that because I mean you see me jump on people but you've also seen me no that's not right here's the source for this because I literally I I want somebody to uh, whoever it is to learn you know I want them to see that they're not correct not necessarily wrong but what they're saying is not correct this guy never does that um he just hits you with a dictionary's worth of fucking words and a novelette size fucking paragraph of how much of a uncultured swine you are and I know better because I've got insider source. I get there. I'm not going to deal with that. That's why I deleted the comment. Like if you're not going to actually be respectful for one, jumping onto my shit. And for two, you're not going to post your information other than just your opinion on shit. Get wrecked. I don't give a fuck. Um, But to me, that's how you know someone's genuine though. Um, Cause I'm, I'll teach you. I'll tell you, no, this is exactly where you find it. I'm using myself as an example because I do it all the time. If you're straight up being a douchebag, yeah, I'm going to feed it right back to you. But if you're legitimate and you're just like, well, I don't know what the fuck, like, blah, blah, like, here you go. I'll give you whatever the hell you want. I want you to be smart. I want you to be uh, well-informed. I want you to make your own opinions on stuff. Hell, that's why I made this podcast. But you got people out there that they don't do that shit. And I'm just like, well, okay, well, you're no better than the fucking idiot on the other side boasting that same bullshit. I don't know. I, I'm. I think we better wrap this up because right here. But I, I do want to end it with this though. The, the hysteria through time and everything. There's a lot of similarities in the events and stuff. Um, the the penis stealing one I think really takes the cake. Um, that's my. Favorite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that one. I'm oh, sorry. That one is freaking awesome. Uh, but I think I'm gonna go try that. I'm gonna go go out robbing genitalia. That sounds right? fun. I think he started with me, Mac. My somebody stole mine because this isn't, this ain't right. Uh, well, we got to get some people to Jesse's house and beat that shit long. <laughs> you know, but no, but I mean, you see the similarities and it, it, the the timing, uh, like literally the the timeline of when it happened, uh, Middle Ages, the the fucking meowing nuns and shit, um, Salem witch trials, the peepee thief, all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of similarity in those and. Uh, I want everyone out there listening, you need to be aware. You need to remember that you can make your own opinions, but you need to also be well-informed. Be careful where you get your sources from. Do your homework. Do your research. I mean, hell, 
If you don't like Google, use DuckDuckGo. Use any of those other non-traceable, or not non-traceable, but they don't you know, track you. They don't monitor what you do. They don't collect your metadata, all that kind of shit. You'd be surprised at those other search engines versus Google. You get different hits on that stuff, especially uh, when it comes to news articles and scholarly sources. That's where I, I search a lot of my stuff. Um, but real quick on this coronavirus stuff of making your own opinion and, and being careful of where you get your shit. Uh, Harvard Health Publishing. Uh, out of their medical school, uh, Robert H. Merling, MD. He's the faculty editor of the Harvard Health Publishing. He, um, I'm going to post this down on the Anchor website, uh, in a, or uh, not the Anchor, but the uh, Facebook page, rather, of Heretic Radio. He's basically warning you where you get your information from, and in particular, it has to do with coronavirus. There's a lot of stats in here. Um, <laughs> the misinformation, uh, it's kind of funny. Somebody started an oregano oil proves effective against coronavirus bullshit. Or coronavirus uh, bullshit, rather. Uh, there's the hoax stating that the U.S. government created and patented a vaccine in 2015. Uh, nearly got 5,000 shares before it was taken down on Facebook. Uh, again, no basis, no grounds on anything on that shit. Coronavirus uh, is a human-made virus in a laboratory. Uh, he says that's false, but I've found some stuff, uh, in particular now, that they're developing a laboratory-made version of it um, so they can work on it, obviously. Uh, but there's several strains of human coronavirus out there that are natural. Happen all the time. Uh, unproven non-medical immune boosters. Uh, vitamin C does nothing uh, for this virus, by the way, according to this thing here. Um, what else? Uh, modifying your diet. Not going to do shit for it. Uh, Facebook is trying to fact check the posts, which uh, doesn't always work. And uh, a little tidbit for everybody out there. I don't know how true this is. I went and did it to experiment. Um, if you're getting flagged a lot for stuff like I am, I'm catching bans all the time. Granted, most of it's because of the retarded shit I post. Um, some of it, I'd say probably 10% of it is because of political stuff. Uh, if you search through like the, the people search bar on Facebook, if you type in like fact checker, facts checker, any variation of fact checking, you can block all those people. Um, I went and did that and there's like over a hundred and it took me like an hour, which was a pain in the ass. Um, I haven't caught a ban. Granted, I haven't um, been posting a lot of crazy stuff. I don't know if it's just coincidental or I'm just being overly cautious, but I haven't been banned after blocking all of those fact check things. If somebody has info out there uh, or proof or something that that actually works, let me know. Uh, and then he flat out admits in the U.S. the flu is a much bigger threat. I've already read those numbers. Make your own decisions on that. But, um, yeah. How do you think it went tonight, Mac? I think we did pretty good. <laughs> I think we went off on a skew quite a bit, but it was fun. It was entertaining. I had fun, man. I, yeah. I look forward to, uh, to hearing the backlash on this. I mean, it's... It's just ridiculous to me that people push their opinion so hard and think that it's a fact, you know, and, but that's human nature too. I mean, people want to be right. People want to be accepted in their opinion and that's how riots start. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think we did excellent. I, I enjoyed every bit of it. And, you know, I think that I just want people to know, you know, if it happens, see, it's going to happen. I mean, you can prevent and prevent but, you know, it's okay to take caution. Just don't be an asshole about it. <laughs> so, yeah, don't don't and, to other people. I mean, the, the basic... Learn from it. 
yeah learn from it let let the doctors do what they're meant to do and figure the things out that they need to figure out give them time quit pushing a bunch of bullshit and confusing everybody and that's where the hysteria comes from right i mean because at the end of the day you have to take care of you know yourself and yours and nobody else is going to do it for you and when it comes to infectious disease uh, the best thing is literally just keeping yourself clean wash your fucking hands before you eat don't you know, be sticking your fingers in your mouth. If you're a nail biter, yuck. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, that's primarily how a lot of disease spreads. Um, and be thankful that you live in the U.S. where we have excellent public sanitation and stuff. Because if this was India where this shit broke out, I guarantee half that country would be dead right now. Uh, I mean, you got people shitting in the Ganges River still and bathing 10 feet down from the guy who just took a massive dump. They don't have public sanitation quite like we do here. That That ultimately has been one of the best things to happen to the Western world in modern times, in my opinion. But uh, Chris did want me to share this one story and it was really funny and I'm probably going to fuck it up. Um, Chris couldn't join us tonight. Um, headset stuff. I think I mentioned that before here, but he wanted me to bring up that he was in uh, price chopper um, or one of the grocery stores in upstate New York <laughs> yesterday or the day before maybe. And he sneezed in the toilet paper aisle <laughs> and uh, everybody lost their shit. <laughs> And he was like, oh, I even sneezed like into my shirt. You know, I put my shirt over my face and sneezed. And he's like, and everybody looked like they wanted to beat my ass. And he's like, and I wasn't even there to get to other paper. I was just looking at the nonsense, you know, like, cause everybody made a run on it. <laughs> Albany County right now in New York is just fucking losing their minds. They've shut down everything. Uh, and real quick on that too. South Dakota is following suit with all that bullshit. Uh, it seems like uh, once president Trump kind of put that, hint out there that he was going to release $50 billion uh, for battling the coronavirus. All these states now are declaring states of, or, you know, state of emergency to try to get some of that federal dough. Um, and I, I don't put it past Noam to try to get her fingers in a piece of that pie. So uh, I know state offices are all closed next week. All the uh, public schools have been mandated to be shut down for next week. All sorts of dumb shit. They're urging public or private schools rather to follow suit. Uh, New York State's doing the same thing. Cuomo, while I got him on the fucking thing, uh, <laughs> came out with a New York brand sanitizer and wipes and hand sanitizer and also their shit. New York brand. I, I, how do you come out with a New York brand hand sanitizer? Like, what the fuck? I, I, that just, Cuomo's a, a bigger threat than the fucking coronavirus. I'm sorry. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> And seriously, if you look at how his family came about, they were they were part of the fucking Italian mob back in the day, and now they're legit and politicians. I mean, if that doesn't sound like a fucking like a Godfather plot, you know? I mean, his brother's literally fucking Fredo. I mean, come on, man. <sighs> I'm glad I got the fuck out of that state, and I feel bad for my friends and family that are back there. And you guys need to get the hell out. Come out this way, some shit or something. Go to a fucking more free state. Um, oh my god. Anyways, but. Uh, this is the part usually where I'd have Chris do his final thoughts and he says something hilarious. Chris, we miss you. But uh, next time, hopefully we'll get him a good headset there. But um, for everybody out there listening, as always, I, I open up the podcast. I haven't had a lot of feedback on how we're doing. And if you like it, um, shit like that. If there's anything that you think that you want to kind of contend with, um, if you think I'm wrong or I'm inaccurate, whatever else, well, let me know. I'm not going to get offended by that shit. And in fact, I would rather you correct me so I can issue a correction at the next podcast um, than spew misinformation. Um, that is the last thing I ever want to do on this podcast. So uh, send it right to the uh, 
Heretic Radio Facebook page uh, via Messenger, or you can go to hereticradiopodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, let, let me know what's going on. But what I want everybody to take from this is I want you to realize that hysteria and and or I don't know if MPI really pertains here, um, but it's it's still going on. And the main perpetrator is the media. And you got to remember, they're not on our side. And I want you to do your own research. I want you to be knowledgeable on your own shit. And I want you to take care of yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. So, Mac, you want to add anything to that? Sorry, I'm talking a hell of a lot here. Everybody, just remember life is out there too. I mean, don't let it stop. I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna be okay yeah. <laughs> you know you know another thing too is you know think think freely for yourself you know uh-huh. if if you have an opinion check it if you got a fact check it i mean what are you interpreting it by but you know most of all one thing that i think a lot of people forget is is just how to live i mean there's so much consumption of emotion and consumption Mm -hmm. of ideas and consumption of fear and opinions that we've all been too afraid lately like i don't know man if if it was a nice weekend i would love to be the only one out on the road in my motorcycle right now (laughs) i can tell you that much but but like for real get this is gonna pass this too shall pass i apologize to the people that are suffering from this and you know my heart goes out to you and I hope that everything clears up quickly for you. Uh, but you know, thoughts and prayers, that shit goes out on Facebook. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, if, if you're affected by it, man, take care of yourself, you know, do the right things, seek the attention that is necessary. Don't just go buy toilet paper for 14 days. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I, I more, I promise you, that. you're not going to shit that much from the coronavirus. I, I can almost guarantee it. Oh, man. But no, but Mac, I do like that, though. Live your life. Enjoy it while you have it. You get one shot, and it's very short. If it's your time to go, you need to go. And one thing that we used to tell each other all the time before we go on a mission and shit, because, uh, you know, being a service member and stuff um, in ground forces, we know the danger's there. Um, now, granted, nobody's in combat right now and, you know, with this virus and shit or whatever. But we always told each other, just be safe. That, that, that's it because that's really all you can ever say is just, Hey, take it easy, man. Be safe. I'll see you when you get back. You know what I mean? And that's exactly. all you need to do. Just be safe. Enjoy your damn life and quit bitching shit. But, uh, <laughs> I think we'll end with that. Mac, thanks again for being on, man. I really appreciate your insight. I appreciate your expertise. Um, I wish you all the best. I know you're, uh, finishing up your master's here too, man. Let me know when your graduation date is, and uh, I'd love to come out and show you my support. Oh yeah, well, so. there will be a party. Sweet. <laughs> Summertime. Oh no, man! I got I got until I think it's February. Ah, oh, can we have a party in the summer so I can ride my motorcycle? <laughs> oh yeah, we'll, we'll have a party in the hills with our motorcycles. So I'm talking about. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, thanks for everybody for tuning in. Um, I'll let you guys know when the next episode is going to be. To be honest, I don't know when it will be or what it will be, but we will have another one, and uh, CJ will be back with us hopefully. So thanks again for tuning in, Mac. Thanks for being on, and uh, always a pleasure. Okay.